2,500 years ago, the Greek philosopher Heraclides said, the content of your character is your choice. Day by day, what you choose, what you think and what you do is who you become. Let optimism be your choice. Welcome to the Dr. Cliff Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for being patient. This is Dr. Cliff. You're listening to the Dr. Cliff Podcast, and today we're going to talk about being optimistic and how it actually can be uh, can be a sort of learned trait or learned skill, not just something that you're born with. Uh, I do have to apologize. I've been away from the podcast scene for a few weeks, just focusing on uh, other life adventures, work maybe making uh, puppies and kittens feel better and working on a, uh, on a project that I'm actually going to talk about in a few minutes, working on a project with uh, my business partner that has sort of came to a point where uh, we were this close, uh, meaning uh, inches away from uh, sort of finding the golden goose. Uh, but she, uh, she slipped away. It was a, a bit of a wild goose chase, but we're still chasing that goose. So uh, stay tuned for some exciting stuff. Hopefully, uh, some news in weeks, though it could be months, could be years, but I am going to be the forever optimist and keep pushing forward. So, it's an interesting uh, quote that Heraclitus said. Uh, again, he was a Greek philosopher, uh, was born like 535 BC, something like that. So, basically, about 2,500 years ago. Uh, but the funny thing is, is he was actually not known for being optimistic. In fact, his other philosopher friends, called him the weeping philosopher. Apparently, he would kind of mumble incoherently and talk about all of his, uh, his, his opinions in this sort of sad, uh, guilt-ridden, depressed, uh, and he did suffer from depression, uh, this sort of depressed mentality that he had. Um, so, he actually wasn't very optimistic, but his, uh, his words that the content of your character is kind of your choice and it's based upon what you do and what you say and who you hang out with and your actions make up the man or woman inside you, uh, not necessarily sort of how you were born. Um, so this was actually a really good, I think this is a really good sort of topic for me to come back from after this break. Uh, I wasn't going to give up the podcast thing, but I just wasn't feeling it for a little bit. And again, I was focusing on this other project. Um, and it was actually my daughter that sort of uh, got me realizing I need to do this again and, and, and that I enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed this process of working on today's podcast and doing a little bit of research. Emily had said to me, you know, we were just talking about podcasts in general. Uh, shout out to Joe Rogan. We were talking about his podcast. And uh, she kind of just said, you know, I only subscribe to a few and you're one of them, dad. And when are you going to come out with another podcast? I really enjoy them. And look, we're new. You know, I've spent zero money on uh, advertising. Um, I've yet to have sort of uh, big time guests on here yet, yet being the key word. We got some exciting stuff coming up in the next uh, few months. So, you know, there's not a lot of people listening and I get that and that's fine. And But it, it sort of hit me when... Emily talked about how religiously she listens to the podcast. And I sort of realized, you know what, I'm, I'm really doing this for me and for her and my kids and, and, you know, just for a few small number of friends. And, and 
if they're getting some enjoyment out of it, and I'm certainly getting enjoyment, and I've mentioned before that it's kind of like a little bit of self-propelled uh, uh, therapy, um, which I think everybody needs, and it's saving me money on uh, going to therapy uh, therapy class directly. So, though I cannot claim this on insurance, so uh, so who knows? Um, maybe shout out to Joe. Maybe I should uh, find some way that you can claim this as my therapist. Joe's the... Uh, the let's call him the producer he sort of cleans up the audio adds the music track um and just basically tells me if it's good or not and how i can make things better and then he uh, posts it on uh, all the different places that you find the dr cliff podcast um so and of course be sure to like and share well i guess you can't really like podcast be sure to share it comment on it uh, and uh, give me that uh, illustrious five-star review. Uh, apparently, the, the podcast gods really pay attention to those things. So, uh, so help, a, so help a, a not-so-young man out and get, uh, get some other people interested in this podcast. Anyways, so it was Emily that kind of got me thinking about doing this again, and I am going to do this regularly at least once a week. Uh, we do have some exciting guests coming up, um, some some uh, sort of sports physiology type guests and some other animal rescuers, some other people from around the world. I've figured out how to do some interviews via Zoom that it can be recorded through with decent audio. And so I've got some people all around the world that we're going to be interviewing soon. Um, so very, very excited. And if you know someone who, uh, and if you are someone who thinks you'd be a great uh, guest, uh, hit me up. You can email me. You can find basically find me on Dr. Cliff, D-R-C-L-I-F-F, drcliff.ca is the main website, and it's got links to everything, including how to reach out to me. Um, and I would uh, certainly consider having you on as a guest. You don't have to worry about social distancing because we can do it via Zoom. Um, anyways, the topic about optimism, I started to think about because of something my business partner, fellow dreamer, Diego, uh, said to me a while ago. And uh, very quickly, this project, uh, I've been chasing this uh, dream for about 12 years, and it is to get a veterinarian-type uh, TV show, travel-based likely, a vet animal rescue travel-based TV show on TV, on the little screen. This is not a huge surprise. A, a lot of people that have followed me on YouTube and, and known me at my clinic and just in my personal life know this. But what they don't know is how close Diego and I came. I've been working really hard on this for six years. Four and a half years ago is when I did my first trip and went to Jamaica and filmed it. But uh, Diego and I, you know, we had almost a green light from a uh, from a major broadcaster. It hasn't been turned off. You know, the green light has not turned red. Arguably, it hasn't even been turned yellow. But there's been some uh, some restructuring issues um, with that company, and uh, basically, there's there's new executives in place. And uh, the person who's still super interested, who develops these shows, is still interested, but obviously they got some other things they got to deal with. So these are not things we can control. And uh, so all we can control is how we respond to it. And that's actually going to be one of the things we're going to be talking about today regarding optimism is, uh, is accepting what you can't control and, and dealing with the things that you can. And so anyways, Diego had, uh, you know, we had had some conversations and he was feeling really bummed out, as was I. Um, but after a good 45-minute chit-chat over the phone, um, you know, we sort of had a plan in place on what we're going to do and how we're going to still make this thing happen, be it next week or next year. And uh, he mentioned about, you know, how optimistic I am. 
I've kind of always known that, but I've never really heard it from somebody like Diego. I mean, I hear it from my mom and my dad and and whatnot. But uh, to hear it from from someone who's not related to me and doesn't really have to say nice things necessarily, it kind of made me think. And I guess I am optimistic. So I ended up doing some research on what optimism is. And it's not, what I'll tell you is it's not always being happy. And it's not always knowing that things are going to work out. And so I learned a lot. So let's see if I can uh, kind of share some of these these teachings with you. And I should say, this was this a lot of this came from a certain article. Let me see if I can find the person's uh, name here. Brianna Steinhilber from the NBC News, uh, NBCNewsBetter.com, uh, I think is what the... Uh, what the website was, um, and there's a little bit of here and there from other uh, other articles and just some of my own thinkings and opinions. But Brianna Steinhilber is the uh, author of a lot of these things. Certainly, the uh, six points of optimism that we're going to discuss later. So, what I did learn, let's just kind of start right into it. Optimism. Apparently, scientists believe that optimism is only 25% inheritable, meaning if you have optimistic parents, you know, you're only 25% linked to how optimistic or pessimistic they are. And the rest is basically upbringing and environment and even learned behavior and trained behavior. And again, it is not about being happy all the time. Um, It's not about ignoring your problems, um, but it's kind of about approaching them in productive ways. I've had some other podcasts way off in the beginning uh, where I talked about basically not complaining too much when things don't go your way and just sort of accepting the problem and 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 getting on with it and i guess that's i never realized that that is sort of a, a point of optimism in the sense of you know covid has hit and a lot of people have you know lost their jobs or their business is struggling and obviously that's horrible but it's not gonna complaining and 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 sort of just accepting it is not going to pay your bills you need to find a way around if you know hopefully god willing you're able to find a way around you know these issues and these challenges and pay your bills so that's sort of finding finding productive ways of dealing with challenges that's part of uh part of optimism and you know, what I learned and sort of what I already knew is that feeling and, and, and being productive and accepting those challenges and, and knowing that if you work your darndest, that things are going to work out as good as they're meant to work out or as good as they possibly could, meaning there may be situations where you try your hardest and it just doesn't work. Um, so then you unfortunately have to move on to something else. But if you keep trying your hardest and and know that the opportunity at least exists, it's going to end up having this sort of positive uh, cycle, this positive um, almost snowball effect that by being optimistic, you know, when bad things happen, you're going to be able to bounce with the punches and and duck and weave and and whatnot and counterattack. Uh, I've been doing some boxing lessons with uh, Stevie Dubs. Uh, shout out to Stevie as well. Hopefully he's listening. I've been doing a lot of boxing uh, training recently. And, you know, it's one of those, uh, yeah, you're going to get hit in the face, but can you learn from that? Can you hit back necessarily. I'm not uh, encouraging violence unless they really, really deserve it. You know, it has this productive, this, this snowball, this positive snowball effect in the sense of 
good things start happening to you because you're kind of making them happen. And when bad things happen, you roll with those punches until, and you make those good things happen again. So you sort of make your own successes, right? Um, you know, some other things I found out. So scientists have shown through studies that having an optimistic outlook actually gives you better cardiovascular health makes sense. You're less stressed over the long term. You're going to have less levels of uh, increased adrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormone, and all these things cause damage to your heart. Um, so you're going to have better cardiovascular health. You're going to have a stronger immune system. Same thing. You're probably sleeping better. You're talking about your problems. Your internal hormones are sort of more balanced, at least less of a roller coaster ride. Therefore, your immune system is stronger. You're actually, on average, going to earn more money. Um, and that is probably because people who have that productive outlook and that optimistic outlook basically get shit done and solve problems. And they're beneficial to whatever business you work for. Or if you work for your own business, if you own your own business, you're going to be able to sort of deal with some of the challenges that come along instead of giving up so quickly. And I think people just like to hang out with you too. So it makes you a better coworker and leader. And then that leads me to the last benefit that people who are optimistic and have that optimistic outlook actually have more successful relationships. So why not do it, right? It doesn't cost us anything to be optimistic. Now, it's not as easy as that. You don't just, you don't just snap your finger and decide, but that is the first step. You know, that is that first step of realizing you're not as optimistic as you could be. And I'm not as optimistic as I could be. And I'm, I've definitely, even just today, was working on that. I actually did some uh, cold water surfing out on Lake Ontario, had a giant, uh, giant ice beard. So uh, check out some of the pictures on uh, DR Cliff Worldwide Vet at Instagram, Dr. Cliff Worldwide Vet. Um, and in Lake Ontario, yes, there are waves here if the wind is uh, coming from the right direction and at the right strength. It was a bit of a sort of a washing machine uh, waves out there. It was really tough to get some waves, but I, I caught a few. Of course, I had to wear a giant wetsuit, but it was kind of therapeutic as well and almost meditative because I was able to kind of forget about my problems and just focus on the productivity uh, of catching some ways and the optimism that even if I didn't, I would have fun and I got a great workout. And lo and behold, I actually caught some waves. So I'm becoming a better and better surfer. Um, but uh, yeah, so it makes you a, 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 a better person physically, emotionally, and a better partner and father and friend all around that you do have these uh, more successful relationships. So one of the things the other talk about, uh, they also talk about is acknowledging bad events. So you don't stick your head in the sand like an ostrich. You recognize that bad things happen. Something horrible happened. Yes, it sucks that you lost your job. Yes, it sucks that you got in a in a big fight and you're not going to be talking to your spouse for a day or two or he or she's got you sleeping down on the couch or whatever it may be. Yes, it sucks that your test from the doctor uh, came back bad and your cholesterol levels are elevated or your cardiac inflammatory markers are elevated or your blood pressure is too high. All that stuff is bad. But what they've shown and what these therapists talk about in these articles is, so one, you acknowledge. You acknowledge that the bad event happened, but avoid blaming yourself. I mean, that doesn't mean not accepting responsibility, but that means forgiving yourself for whatever part you had in, in, in causing that 
sort of situation to happen. Are you eating the right foods? And you have to be honest with yourself, right? Are you eating the right foods? Are you exercising? Did you maybe say something that you shouldn't have said, um, even if your partner misunderstood what you meant? The reality is, is communication comes from what you're saying. And did you just kind of say, well, you took it wrong, or instead of accepting the fact that you said it in a way that could have been taken wrong, you know? So um, avoid blaming yourself, but don't ignore the part that you play in it. And also understand that that negative event, uh, whatever it is, is likely temporary. You know, even if it's something major, it's probably not going to be forever. Um, it is going to be temporary. And that you you do have to see and expect that the future outcomes either are going to be positive or else have a very good chance of being positive. And if you follow these rules, then you become optimistic. Now, as I said before, 25% of it is inherited. The other 75% is sort of based on your environment, um, some of the things that are coming from your parents or your family or, or people in your lives, what they may have been saying to you as you grew up. But a lot of it is a learned trait. And it actually comes from the left side of your brain. So they've they found that uh, optimism, um, specifically that sort of positive thinking, uh, comes from neurons in the left side of your brain. And just like any sort of skill in your brain, it can be developed. Those neurons can be trained, you know, almost like a muscle doing chin-ups or, or your chest will get stronger if you do sit-ups. You can train your brain and these neurons to fire more efficiently and more often. And thus you start looking, you know, at things that in a more positive light. But just like physical training, it's not going to happen overnight. You need to think about what your training program is going to be. How many sets and reps of positive thinking do I need to do? Um, you know, how is my nutrition going to affect it? How is my sleep going to affect it? Um, and then when you hit a setback, just like if you hit a setback in the gym or with some sort of sports, let's say, um, you know, you have to analyze that setback and figure out how to handle it better in the future. And if you continue to do this, you're going to be a more optimistic person. So Brianna Steinhilber's, uh, Steinhilber, S-T-E-I-N-H-I-L-B-E-R, I want to give her full credit. Her article talked about these six sort of steps that you can do to become more optimistic. And again, look at this like training to run a marathon, let's say. Uh, and it could take months and months to, to, to do this, but just like training for a marathon, things are gonna get easier and people will probably notice the change in you. They're not gonna notice that you're getting uh, calves of steel and abs and, and you're getting to be, uh, you're losing weight and, and you got a glow about you. Well, they may notice you have a glow about you, but people may start realizing how much uh, sort of more optimistic and more positive you seem. And I'm gonna go off script here for a second, there was, a, there was an article I read like years ago, and it talked about uh, one of the easiest things you could do is whenever anyone asks you how you are, hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Good morning. How's it going? Whatever. Our, our default answer is, oh, it's good. It's fine. I'm fine. How are you? You know, and you don't realize, you, you think you're actually being polite. Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Um, and maybe you are just fine. But this study, this article talked about this study that proved time and time again 
that if you just change that descriptive word for something that is much more significantly positive, um, that your day-to-day outlook actually changes. And I actually did this. Uh, years ago, I did this. And so when people start asking me, hey, good morning, how's it going? Or how are you? I would say, I'm great, how are you? Or it's going fantastic, it's pretty awesome. And you know, most of the time they just go, oh, nice. You know, But they would actually perk up for a second because they didn't expect me to say it. And I think much more important, and and I don't mean for this to sound sort of self-absorbed, but it made me feel better. And I guess that was that's the point, is it made me, just for a brief second, feel a little more positive than I would have if I had just said fine or good. Now, if I had the worst day, I depending on the person, I would be honest with them. You know, I... I at my job, at my clinic, it's a small group of people. We got 10 or 11 staff, but you're generally working with only four or five people at a time. So we have a very close-knit group. And so sometimes I'll, I'll you know, I'll let, oh, man, I had a really rough workout already and da, 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 and we're having some issues. But, yeah, it's all good. We're going to pull through, right? You know, and, and, and so I would always try and be positive like that. But what I would find is people go, oh, you're in a good mood. And I would actually think about it and I'd, go, and I'd realize I am in a good mood. Like, even when you say fine or good, you're actually way better than fine or good. You're actually, you know, you're like a 9 out of 10 probably. Um, and we just sort of forget to to realize how lucky we have it or, or how happy we are. We just, it becomes a de- default answer, right? And, and so, um, try it. Try it for like 30 days. Figure out what you're going to say and 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 to say, hey, man, how you doing? And they're going to be like, good, how are you? And they're like, oh, I'm really good or I'm, I'm fantastic. Yeah, it's been a good morning. I'm excited for the day. No one's going to give you a hard time about it. No one's going to make you feel awkward. You're going to stand up a little bit more straight and you're going to have a tiny little smile on your face at least for five seconds, which is uh, which is still something, right? So it's a, a, a free and, and cheap way of, uh, completely free and easy way of, of improving the start of your day or the end of your day, right? Um, so anyway, so six things that uh, Brianna, the author of this article, uh, talked about for learning how to be optimistic, that it is a trait that you can, uh, you can train into your brain. Um, so the first thing, try on a positive lens, or what therapists call positive reframing. So this is where you take a bad event. Oh man, Sunday sucked. It was my only day off of the week and it rained all day. Well, yeah, it rained all day, but what did you actually do? Like sit down and think about what you actually did. Oh, well, you know what? It actually gave me a chance to sleep in. I wasn't able to go surfing, maybe. I'd still surf in the rain, but I wasn't able to go surfing, but I had a, a different workout instead. And I, you know, cuddled up with my wife on the couch and we watched a movie and, oh, and I had some time to uh, work on some YouTube videos or whatever, you know, like realize that you made lemonade out of lemons, essentially. So you reframe that event into a positive uh, situation, right? And what, again, what these scientists have seen is if you constantly do this positive reframing, that those neurons within the left brain and the left brain in general becomes more active. And they've actually used imaging technology while they're talking to these these uh, uh, therapy patients who are having issues with depression, having issue, mental health issues, sadness and whatnot, and are trying to be more optimistic, that they see the left brain becomes more active 
when these people attempt the positive reframing technique. And it's basically finding the silver lining, right? In the storm clouds. So try it. Try positive reframing as much as possible. Number two, take note of the company you keep. This is this is a classic one. If you hang out with Debbie Downer and Grumpy Gary, guess what? You're going to be a Debbie Downer and a Grumpy Gary. You're going to start to mimic them and see the negative in things. Whereas if you hang out with people that are constantly optimistic, constantly positive, recognize that bad things happen, but are, are sort of dealing with the the challenge as best they can and basically just fun people uh, and i mean truly fun not you know hey i enjoy hanging out with them and we bitched about so and so no actually good people salt of the earth people that sort of uh, have that optimistic outlook it's going to rub off you know um emotions like that are infectious there's no doubt now it's not infectious like a a virus or a bacteria but emotions are infectious. So take note of who you hang out with. Take note of who your friends are. You can't choose who you work with, but you can choose who you chit-chat with at the water cooler or who you sit with at lunch, right? Now, if you're sitting with people and it's kind of hard to all of a sudden, well, I'm not going to sit with you anymore, Grumpy Gary, because you're grumpy, you know, uh, you're going to be branded the uh, the office jerk. But you could maybe try and change the subject, right, and help Grumpy Gary out. Don't even try and say, well, what is the good thing that, you know, that came out of that bad event, Grumpy Gary? Um, he's not going to be very happy with you. He's going to be pretty grumpy. But just change the topic. Just talk about a movie that you saw. Talk about, you know, talk about uh, something interesting that happened to you. Or ask Grumpy Gary about something in his life that you know that he enjoys. You know, be a good listener, be a good friend, and maybe help him uh, become a little bit more positive himself. But if you're able to, pick who you hang out with a little bit more sort of specifically and with intent, you know? Another thing, number three, turn off the news. Um, I thought it was funny that an author uh, from NBC News was talking about this, um, but she's basically saying, you know, five minutes of watching the news each morning is all you need. And my wife and I were actually talking about this. You know, right now the news is, is at least here in Canada, is talking about two things. It's talking about the horrible COVID numbers all around the world and all the restrictions that are being in place. Um, and the protests that are going on associated with it and the people that are going in jail because of COVID and oh yeah, and then there's a number of people who died and there's a possibility that restrictions in Toronto are going to last all the way until June and I'm talking about this in uh, the last day of January and that the vaccine uh, shipments have been screwed up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You get my point. And that's not even then going into the fact that uh, our Governor General uh, Lafayette, I think her name is, got uh, fired because she was, uh, she was a bully and she she was nasty with people. Um, well, that was she resigned a couple of weeks ago, and they're still talking about it. Um, and they're talking about the mental health aspects of working in a toxic environment and this and that. And all this stuff is important for those people that are dealing with these troubles. But after a while, you turn on the news, and even if you're not paying attention, it's just on the background. It's just like this negative haze that's hitting you, right? So just check the news for what you need. I check the news now for 
the sports scores. I like that. That's a, that's sort of important to me. It's something I enjoy. Uh, I check out the sports scores and some of the highlights, and I check out the weather, uh, especially because I'm looking for a, a future wind forecast because that'll affect the waves. Everything. Uh, I get excited when the weather is going to be bad, uh, whereas people, uh, everyone else gets annoyed. But it means good waves for me, and I don't mind uh, uh, surfing in the in the rain and the snow. That's pretty much the only time you can surf uh, here in Canada. So I check what's important to me and then I turn it off or I put on something else or I read a book, you know? Um, so turn off the news, uh, get, get what you need to function for your day, which probably isn't a lot, honestly. Um, and find other positive things. Uh, once you turn on the, uh, Dr. Cliff YouTube channel, how about that? Most of those are positive. Uh, youtube.com slash Dr. Cliff. Uh, there is a very, uh, lame plug that I just stuck in there. Um, number four, Write in a journal daily and make it a gratitude journal. Make it a, a, a positive journal. Now, uh, I started journaling on and off a couple of years ago, um, but really only consistently got into it about three or four months ago. And uh, it was partially regarding this, this project that Diego and I are working on in that it helped me sort of maintain my, uh, my, I thought it was helping me maintain my sanity, um, that I would, you know, jot down the journal, but, uh, truth be told, it has not been a gratitude journal. I've actually been, been talking about the shitty things that have been happening and some of the struggles and, and, and it does help me sort of come, come out with answers and what, it, what are my steps? So that helps, but I, I don't spend enough time purposely and with intent, writing down the things that I'm gracious for. And as sort of Phil Donahue-esque this feels, for the young kids out there wondering who the heck is Phil Donahue, uh, just Google him. Um, Phil Donahue-esque this, uh, this sounds. Um, if you can spend five minutes a day writing down in your journal things you're, you're grateful for, some stuff that happened that was good that day, even just uh, 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 about how good the cup of coffee was in the morning. And the rest of the day sucked, but man, that coffee was good in the morning. Write it down. They have shown that people who do these gratitude journals, they sleep better. Again, they have improved heart health. They actually have reduced aches and pains, and it's because adrenaline and cortisol, these stress hormones, do promote inflammation. And of course, they have decreased symptoms of depression. So jot down some of your accomplishments, you know, be proud, have a bit of an ego. You're the only one reading this. So so just keep it positive and, and this will help you be optimistic. Um, number five is to acknowledge what you can and can't control. And I talked about this earlier on in the podcast. You know, if it's uncontrollable, just wipe it out of the conversation. You know, there's nothing Diego and I could have done regarding the restructuring that was going on at this broadcast company. And yes, it came at the absolute worst time. Well, I guess the worst time would have been months ago and we didn't even have a chance to sort of get interest from from his friend from the executive and thank goodness she's still there thank goodness for us but also thanks goodness for her that she still has her job um but we can't control that and yes it sucks and we spent probably a little bit more time than we should have kind of bitching and feeling negative about it and i'm still bummed about it but it doesn't end the 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 attempt and it doesn't even end the attempt with her and with this broadcast company, it just puts it on hold. So you gotta 
get rid of the sort of the conversation involving what you can't control. There's nothing you can do about that. Instead, figure out what you can control and how you can respond to that event. So with us, we're giving these people some time to get their sort of house in order. Um, they've assured us they still want to talk to us. Okay, great. Um, and we're trying not to be pushy. Diego's doing a better job than I am. I'm sort of a little bit more impatient, but I've I've at least learned and I'm stepping away and I don't, I don't even know this person's contact information. She is his friend, so it's best that he does the talking and he's the producer after all. So what else can we do? So I've reached out to some other contacts and we're going to reach out to some other broadcasters and production houses, but ones that are actually not in Canada and not even obviously not in competition with this this broadcast company. I'm going to focus on my YouTube channel. I'm going to focus on my my fitness. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of surfing and I'm going to start, I'm doing more sort of journaling and getting things ready for when the time comes, they actually want to pitch. I am going to be as laser focused and ready as humanly possible, you know? So I am at least trying to take this as as a, a, a an opportunity that, yes, it sucks. There's nothing we can do about it, though. But we could make sure that when the time comes and, and it is our turn to reach for that dream, that we're going to have the best chance best chance possible, you know? So last thing, number six that you can do is don't forget to acknowledge the negative. So again, don't walk around with rose-colored glasses. Everything's perfect. Everything's going to be fine. The weather's nice. Life is great. I mean, except that sometimes the weather is crappy uh, and the situation sucks and your, your, your job sucks, right? But if you can accept that now, it'll be better in the long run in the sense of it'll allow you to take that step forward to to make the improvements. And if you do that, so again, being optimistic isn't just assuming things are going to work out. It's knowing that things will eventually get better if you work for it, if you take those steps necessary, right? So you address the problem and it helps you correct or at least uh, uh, sort of find out why why it went south in the first place, you know. So maybe you maybe you lost your job and you can't find a good job. Well, figure out why that is. You know, acknowledge that you can't find a good job and you're having trouble, but don't just accept it. Then decide: Do I need to improve my skills? Am I am I weak at at interviewing? Do I need to improve my resume? Right. Or is this not the field for me? Maybe this is, if I've been having trouble for the last 20 years and I haven't been enjoying my job, therefore my work has suffered, therefore I keep getting laid off every two or three years, is there something else you want to do? Now, maybe you don't have that opportunity, right? Maybe you need to work right now and you, you've got all these responsibilities. But either way, figure out why it's happened or keeps happening and at least pick even t one tiny little thing to improve on. It can't hurt, right? You know, the other option is like if you have a, you're in a bad relationship, you know, your relationship ended or you're in a current relationship that's not going as well as it should be. Accept that that's the truth and talk to your partner or talk to your friends if the relationship's over and don't let them just say, oh, she's a bitch or yeah, he's an asshole or don't worry, it'll work out. You'll find Mr. Right or you'll find the perfect woman. Um, maybe, but you're not just going to find that person, right? You need to figure out 
how can you make yourself a better partner for that other person? And it doesn't even have to be, you know, regarding a love interest. You know, maybe it's a relationship with a family member or a friend. Figure out what you can do to make the relationship better. Uh, Billy Joel said in one of his songs, it doesn't matter that you did not do anything wrong. That won't make a difference when she's gone, you know? So either way, figure out what the problem is and just do your best to to make it better. So uh, don't forget to acknowledge the negative and use that as a, as a way of sort of springboarding you towards the positive, essentially. Um, so I want to finish this podcast off with a great quote. Um, and it was actually from this article by, uh, by Brianna Steinhilber. Uh, and here we go. A combination of optimism and realistic thinking helps people navigate through life. Realistic thinking does not mean never seeing the bright side of life. Not at all. It is simply a way of supporting your optimism with an action steps so that you can create a positive future as opposed to being stuck in fantasy. So what this means, boys and girls, is be optimistic, be positive, but also have some realistic opinions on how your life is going, okay? It doesn't mean assuming that you're never going to see the bright side. It's actually the opposite. It's taking that realistic sort of uh, uh, frame and recognizing that bad things happen. And even with your best efforts, it's not always going to be perfect. But if you can take a really strong, kick-ass, positive, optimistic outlook and throw in a sprinkle of realism every once in a while, you're going to have that recipe for success in, in life and in relationships and in health. So that is it. Thank you for listening. Obviously, stay tuned for some great guests. Share this podcast. Send me some comments. Give me that illustrious five-star review if you can. I appreciate it. Be kind to animals. Be kind to your friends. And of course, be kind to yourself. I love you guys for listening and uh, stay tuned for more episodes of the Dr. Cliff Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.